Welcome to the South Elkhorn Christian Church Sermon Podcast. We hope you enjoy the weekly messages. For bulletin material, reflection guides, and other resources, visit southelkhorncc.org. Well, a big thank you to our young people for leading us, for inspiring us, for showing us that today can be about more than the cultural celebration of this moment, uh, which for many uh, Bengals fans, and I see lots more orange than I normally see today, I know is a big deal. And yet we're reminded by way of our faith that these moments can sometimes distract us from the purpose and the vision of God. And what a beautiful reminder that our young people have given us, that even today can be an opportunity to show love and to be generous. And what an amazing ministry, our youth ministry at South Elkhorn, where uh, young people are given the opportunity to um, learn and grow and serve, and so have a relationship with the Arbor House, Arbor House here in Lexington, and are now inviting us uh, to join with them in their ministry and the work that they do. What a beautiful and inspiring thing. Thank you. Well, I'm excited today as well to dive deeper, to dig into Luke's gospel. We're going to be reading from the gospel of Luke, uh, not just today, but over the next couple of weeks through the end of February, a sermon series entitled uh, Jesus for Everyone. Jesus for everyone. And if you miss um, a message during this series, or perhaps you want to listen to a message from a previous series, um, you can always do so on our South Elkhorn Christian Church Sermon Podcast, wherever you download, subscribe, or whatever you do with a podcast, whatever platform you prefer, uh, you can find our South Elkhorn Christian Church Podcast and listen to messages. Jesus for everyone. Jesus for everyone. The sermon series is entitled Jesus for Everyone because I think as we dig into Luke's gospel, we'll see an important aspect of who Jesus is, an important aspect of his ministry embodying God's forgiveness and hope and grace and justice and mercy and compassion and new life that will help us see that the message of Jesus, that the presence of God is meant to bless and benefit everyone, indeed everything. And that's important context that, that Luke is going to not want us to miss. He's going to work in big and small ways to remind us as we listen to the teaching and the preaching and all that Jesus does that this is an important part of who he is and the message he brings. And Luke doesn't want us to lose sight of that. So turn with me if you will. We're going to look, uh, be reading from Luke chapter 6, reading verses 17 through 26. And by way of context, um, Jesus has just ascended a mountain, done some praying, called all of his disciples, disciples, which is a big group of people. And from that big group of people, he selected 12, the first kind of inner group of spiritual leaders that would work with him and do ministry with him. And then we read this. He came down with them and stood on a level place with a great crowd of his disciples and a great multitude of people from all Judea, Jerusalem, and the coast of Tyre and Sidon. They came to hear him and to be healed of their diseases, and those who were troubled with unclean spirits were cured, and all in the crowd were trying to touch him, for power came out from him and healed all of them. Then he looked up at his disciples and said, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who are hungry now, for you will be filled. 
Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you and when they exclude you, revile you and defame you on account of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy, for surely your reward is great in heaven, for that is what their ancestors did to the prophets. But woe to you who are rich, for you have received your consolation. Woe to you who are full now, for you will be hungry. Woe to you who are laughing now, for you will mourn and weep. Woe to you when all speak well of you, for that is what their ancestors did to the false prophets. The word of God for the people of God. Wherever you are this morning, here in this building or if you're at home, tuning in online, look around. Take in the scenery. If you were telling a story about this moment, about this place, what detail would you lift up? And why? Surely there's too much to possibly describe, or at least if you want anyone to read your story. What would you pick out? The pulpit? The green pyramids? The screen? color of the wall, the air temperature, the people who are here, what detail would you lift up to help you tell your story about what's going on here? Well, this is the situation that confronts the gospel writers. This is the situation that confronts any person who wants to put pen to paper or fingers to keys. This is the situation of telling a story, of remembering and presenting an idea There's too many details to possibly write it all down, so you select some. Why? Because they help you tell the story. If you think you've heard the passage of Scripture we just read, it's because you probably have, but probably not this version of it. You can read some very similar words and some very similar teaching, uh, preaching and then even teaching in, uh, in Matthew's gospel in two chapters, through three chapters that are called the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus goes up to a mountain as Jesus did just before this teaching and where Jesus sits down with his disciples and begins to instruct them. And I want, I want to make this clear this morning. Details matter. When the gospel writers choose details, they're not incidental, they're not accidental, we need to pay attention. Everything in the gospel accounts is dripping with meaning. Even throw away things like, and he came down to a level place. When Jesus comes down to a level place, when Luke remembers and presents that, it is not on accident, it's meant to help us see something important about what Jesus is about to say. It's meant to help us see something important about who Jesus is. It's meant to help us see something important about Jesus' ministry and his relationship to God. It's meant to give us spiritual insight. Now, if you're reading in Matthew's gospel, and you know that Jesus went up a mountain, part of what Matthew wants to help us see is that the teaching of Jesus, the instruction of Jesus, the way that Jesus interprets the received wisdom and tradition of the, of the Israelite faith was like a new Moses. And what did Moses do? He went up a mountain, Mount Sinai, and received the instruction of God and brought it to the people to share with them. And so Matthew accentuates and highlights the fact that Jesus was on a mountain and is now teaching the Sermon on the Mount, his disciples, helping them understand the way and the wisdom of God to live faithfully as God's leaders, as God's people in the world. 
Well, Luke's no different. He wants to lift up a detail that helps us understand what's going on here, what's happening here. And if you missed it, I tried to accentuate it in my reading. You kept hearing the repetition of all, 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 everyone, everybody, all. Jesus on a mountain descends to some level place. They're on the mountain, they're elsewhere. It doesn't matter. He steps onto a level place and begins to share this preaching and this teaching. Now, of course, this is the more condensed version of what we see in uh, the Sermon on the Mount. It's not nearly as many beatitudes, as many blessings. Um, And there's also this thing that that is here with these woes that we'll get to in a moment that's not found in the beatitudes. It's It's a different recollection of what happened there, that teaching there, but the details matter, and the details help us understand what's going on in Jesus's teaching and preaching. He stepped onto a level place. Because in Jesus' teaching and preaching, his message, his ministry, the very presence of God is for everyone who are there with him on equal footing. They're all on the same plane. No one's above anyone else. No one's below anyone else. They're all in it together. And that's important context. It's important to keep in mind, especially when we get to the teaching where we've got blessing and woes, and it seems like, whoa, what is going on here? Some are in, some are out, some get it, some don't. Some are blessed, some are cursed and condemned. I mean, that doesn't... uh, I want to suggest this morning that to understand what's going on there, we need to be mindful of the details that Luke is lifting up so we can understand what Jesus is doing in his preaching and teaching. He's creating a level playing field where everyone can find their footing and be included equally in the sight of God and equally before one another. And importantly here, Jesus doesn't do what I'm doing right here. Jesus gets down on their level. The Son of God, the Messiah, the Christ, gets down on the same level as everyone else and begins to teach and preach and begins by saying, blessed are you. Now, if you're paying attention to Matthew's version and Luke's version, you'll know that in Matthew's version, blessed are the poor in spirit and in Luke's version, um, blessed are the poor, full stop. Blessed are those who are hungry, full stop. Blessed are those who weep and grieve, full stop. Now, if you've ever been in any of those conditions, you feel anything but blessed, that's for sure. And unfortunately, I'll name as well this, you know, hashtag blessed stuff that goes around sometimes feel like it's, feels like it's missing the mark. When Jesus says, blessed are you, he's not saying poverty's a good thing, it's good to be hungry, and I hope you grieve a lot. He's not romanticizing poverty or grief or sorrow or hunger or famine. That's not what Jesus is doing. What Jesus is doing is Jesus saying, when you are in those conditions, God hasn't forgotten you. When you are in those situations, God still loves you. God still cares about you. 
And when Jesus begins his preaching, he takes his disciples who he's just called, he's just said, you're my disciples and you are gonna lead this crew, this movement, this ministry. And the first thing I want to point out to you, the first detail I want you to be aware of is there are hungry people and poor people and sorrow-filled, grief-stricken people and God loves them. Start there. You wanna do what I'm about? You wanna be a part of the ministry and mission of God? Start there. This is where it starts. This is what it's all about. And you might be there too sometimes. Jesus was anticipating where this was headed. Jesus kind of anticipated not only the difficult road that would lead him to the cross, but the difficult future that was ahead of the church that would include their own persecution. In Paul, St. Paul's case, his imprisonment, times of difficulty and distress, sorrow and grief, heartache, poverty and hunger. And Jesus said, don't forget, God hasn't forgotten you. I want you to hold on to that sense of blessing that you are loved and cared for and God wants to make a way for you. Don't lose heart. Blessed are you. When Jesus says, blessed are you, he's not talking about material things. He's talking about who people are. And he says, you are blessed. And this morning, perhaps we need to hear that we're blessed because we're loved. We're blessed because we're invited onto this level playing field before God and before each other. We are blessed because we are not forgotten even when it feels like everyone else has forgotten us, even when it feels like our family has forgotten us, even when it feels like society, government, culture has forgotten us. You are not forgotten. And how beautiful an illustration as we sit here and celebrate, many of us celebrate the Super Bowl and watch commercials and enjoy a good experience to know that there are people who are gonna feel and are going to be forgotten and our youth are reminding us that we are a people who choose to remember like God remembers and to love like God loves and to show favor like God shows favor and Jesus' message and his ministry is for everyone including and especially and beginning with those who are in the ditch and Jesus wants to help them up onto a level playing field and say, you are loved by God too. And you can look eye to eye in equality with everyone else. We're all in this together. And Jesus steps onto the same playing field, the playing field of life where God's love is for everyone. But then, <laughs> whoa, Jesus says, woe, woe are you. And what do we make of the woes? Is Jesus saying, but if you're wealthy and well-fed and laugh a lot, sorry. Is that, is that what's going on here? Is that what's going on here? Again, in the same way that I don't think Jesus is romanticizing poverty, I don't think that Jesus, that Jesus is somehow saying, cursed are you. Cursed are you, condemned are you. No, I think what Jesus is saying, and I love this, this uh, translation suggestion by uh, Matthew Skinner. He, he says, think of it like, yikes. Like, uh-oh. Remember that if you're born in the United States of America, you're pretty well off no matter how hard things are for you. And it's possible that what you take is your advantage 
that what you take is a blessing, that what you take is a good thing, can sometimes keep you from what matters most, can disadvantage you, can make you think that you're on your own and doing this all by yourself and in need of no one else. Don't, remember, don't forget, it's possible you could be hungry one day too. It's possible you could grieve and be stricken with sorrow too. It's possible, it's possible, it's possible. Don't forget that God loves you too and what it means to trust that blessing is to join with God in blessing others. I find myself, I think one of the things that's really hard as a 21st century uh, American uh, is to read this and, and to say, oh, wow, I feel really uncomfortable because I'm in the woe category, if I'm honest, right? I'm in the woe category. Is Jesus condemning me? Is Jesus throwing me away? What's going on here? Jesus is challenging me. Because if Jesus' message is for everyone, then Jesus wants to bless and benefit everyone, including people who have resources and means. And Jesus is saying, get off the pedestals and get on the playing field. Because sometimes it's hard to reach people in the ditch when you're so high up. Join me, Jesus, in stepping down onto the playing field with everyone else. Because Jesus knew that as the early church would grow, Jesus knew he could anticipate and he can see it in his disciples and the rest of the gospel accounts. Already they're jockeying for position and prestige. Already they're trying to angle for a certain social status. Already some of these same human dynamics that plague us are, are infecting the church and Jesus is saying, hey, I just called you and I want you to know that when things get crazy, and you get distracted by all, by all kinds of good stuff and great stuff and not so great stuff, I want you to remember, come back to this. The poor, the hungry, the grieving, and the sorrowful. And we're all in this together. And God's favor and blessing and love is never lost. And it will release you from all the things that hold you back, including things that we think are good, and it will release us for things that are better. For the joy and the wonder and the goodness of being a part of people's healing and wholeness and economic well-being and opportunity. Jesus isn't saying it's a life with no joy, a life with no laughter, a life with no goodness and feasting. No, Jesus continues to use this imagery, but Jesus says, I want everyone to be a part of it because this is a blessing and a benefit for everyone and everything. So be a part of it. I was reminded that there was a time in my life when um, I really needed the church. I mean, I always need church. We always need church, don't we? But I remember a story my parents told me about one time when um, our family was struggling financially and had applied for some government assistance and weren't able to get it for various different reasons. And we were making it by and getting by, but one day, one day, my parents couldn't go to the grocery store. They didn't have any money. And my mom opened the door and there was a bag of groceries <laughs> just sitting there. 
And she had some ideas on who might have dropped it off or who might have known or who might have observed that we were struggling and it was difficult and we were trying to do the best we could, but it just was so hard. But she knew, she, she was convinced whoever it was was blessing us and doing the work of God. And it reminds me that no matter where I am and on what level I stand on, I haven't gotten here by myself. I've been blessed by others and blessed by God. And my job, my calling, the calling of the disciples, our calling together is not to find ever higher pedestals to be on, but to step onto the same field with everyone else. And then when life happens and difficulties happen and when situations occur that want to make it so that the only place that we feel like we belong is the ditch to have the opportunity to reach out the, a hand and say, no, you belong on this place with everyone else, that you are worthy and you have dignity, you're worthy of respect and you don't need to be treated and dehumanized and disrespected. No, you belong with all of us. The church in the power and presence of God through the teaching and ministry of Jesus is a place where we all belong and that means some of us need to be lifted up. And others of us need to be reminded that those pedestals are far more fragile and fraught than we might realize. And we all need to find our footing on the only place that Jesus put his feet, the same plane as everyone else. This is the context in which we receive the blessings and the woes, not not so we can be hashtag blessed, but so that we can understand that we are already blessed, which means that the greatest joy and the greatest meaning in life is reminding others that they're blessed too and being a part of what God is doing in Jesus this day and every day for everyone and everything. Thanks for listening to the message this week. Visit southelkorncc.org where you can download reflection and discussion guides to dig deeper into the weekly scripture and message.